Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And welcome once again to Freedom to Choose and our series, The Life. And this is program number 71, and we're going to call this one Gethsemane, program number 71. Now, you can get all these programs, um, the past programs, actually, for the last 11, 12 years on our website, www.justasiamministries.com, and just Click Listen Now, and all of the series will be brought up, and you can select whatever one uh, that you choose to listen to. Um, um, you know, since it is the um, uh, season of that we're coming upon, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, and a time where um, you have family time and, and you kind of get to step away a little bit out of the bustle, maybe it's more, more um, busy for some people, but... I know for you and I, it's at least for me, I feel it's a time to, you know, to be able to reach out and to thank, you know, especially the people within the local radio station that make this program happen. And to you for all of your work and effort that you put into to putting the shows together and for all the people that make it happen when we come to this radio station and and just throughout the years, we've had, you know, God has provided just the right people in order to um, enable us to do what we do. And um, as well as our listeners and the feedback that we get from our listeners, it's, it's something for us is happens here that's really spiritual. And we are grateful, you know, to be, to have a little part in it. It's just, you know, it's not about us. It's about the message of God and his goodness. And we hope that's what we communicate on a, on a show by show program. But it's just, you know, it's nice to thank the people that, um, that make it happen. Yeah. There's a lot, it's a big team effort here at the studio. And of course our supporters, Yes, uh, that's all of you that uh, listen and contribute to the to this cause, and it is a message, especially uh, we believe in this day and age, that is so needed to, uh, for lack of a better term, soothe the nerves, because mm-hmm. this is a nerve-wracking um, planet state. we're on. Yeah, yeah, this is a dangerous planet, right? And uh, and it actually uh, fits right in uh, with what we're going to talk about today about Gethsemane. Uh, before we get going, Susan, would you uh, have a prayer, a little word of prayer for yeah. us, please? Yes. Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that just as Jesus came to you while he was struggling in the garden, that we can come to you on a daily basis. Whether our struggles are big or small, we know that you... Um, care for us moment by moment. And so we ask now that you will send your spirit to be with us and and help all of our listeners and everybody involved in the program to 
Um, Do everything to the best of our ability through your Spirit, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, and we're, like I say, we're going to talk about Gethsemane uh, today and how how important Jesus' time in Gethsemane was and what actually happened there. Um, When you think of the word decision, um, it's when you separate out alternatives and decide on one thing. You know, an incision is when you cut into. A decision is when you separate alternatives from what you decide. And Jesus in Gethsemane separated out his feelings and his human nature and what he, as a human being, what we all go through when the darkness comes in or, or you know, when we're being tugged this way or that way with our human nature, he had to set all that aside, separate those feelings out, and he prayed three times, not my will, but your will. And I don't know, we're going to delve into today with a little bit of sanctified reasoning and sanctified imagination, if you will, on what happened in Gethsemane, you know, and what he went through um, and how how he had to make that decision to give to give himself over to those people who were going to come and get him and lead him off and he knew exactly where that was going to lead him right you know? and i think i th- and so i'm wondering you know because i've seen different different movies and different takes on this and i always you know i i would imagine that you know the pain the physical pain was something but i wonder I I would imagine that the emotional and the intellectual pain that he yeah. suffered was beyond, you know, even what he suffered physically by, mm-hmm. you know, seeing what happened with how everybody responded. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we're going to today's program is based on Matthew 26 and Mark 14 and Luke 22 and John 18 and we're going to ask a couple of questions. I, I want Susan and I and everyone as a listening audience to answer these questions actually before we dive into them and talk about them a little bit. But what actually happens when darkness comes in and who is in charge of this darkness and why is there darkness and what do we mean by darkness? Have you ever been in a very dark situation, not with the lights out, but I mean in a spiritually dark, depressed, or uh, deep sadness, or, or and, and what happens, you know, are there, is there that unseen battle going on where the angels of darkness and the angels of light are battling and certain things are being allowed to happen to test our faith, mm-hmm. you know, because we know that that Jesus in the in the Garden of Gethsemane was betrayed into the hands of sinful men. He, he was. It was dark there for him. Not mm-hmm. only it was at night, but as we see and as we as we delve into this, we're going to see mentally what he must have been going through. Yeah, and I think we can liken it to a battle between you know the forces of good and the forces of evil the forces of evil were trying to come in and to conquer him personally and stop him from the the purpose he was here on earth for mm-hmm. so you know i i think it's in 
um, I want to say that Paul wrote it, that the battle isn't ours. No, 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 that wasn't, that's something in the Old Testament. But we don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against things that Principalities are, and right, powers and that rulers. Are, that are above our visual and our intellectual understanding of what's going on. So there's this thing that's happening that we don't even understand, you know? Right, right. And so I liken this, what happened in Gethsemane, Jesus makes the decision to go forward and after, because he's, you know, he's talking with his father and he's, and we're seeing his struggle. Right. And I liken that to, that this way, to me, Gethsemane was the big deal. The cross was the fruit of the decision made in Gethsemane, mm-hmm. you know, and I was, we were talking before the program, you know, it's just like, you know, I've, I've had an operation when I had my hip replaced and you do a bunch of stuff to prepare, prepare. for that. But you, me, in my mind, I, I okay, we're going to, I'm going to make this decision. And once they, you know, when they, when you put you in, uh, in the hospital bed after you, you've been checked in and all that stuff, and you allow them to put that little needle in your, in your hand there to calm you down and put a little, I don't know what they give you, a little volume or whatever. You know if you make that decision to allow them to do that, all bets are off because you're just going to tell them, okay, I'm ready. Everything's fine. You right. know what I mean? And so uh, for me, the decision that once I allowed them to put that needle in my hand, in my arm. It was completed. It was completed. Right. Now I knew I had given myself over to the care of something else or given myself up. And Jesus had to make that decision in Gethsemane to say, okay, I'm going to do this. And once once I've made that decision, now what happens, happens. Well, and I think that that process starts at the Last Supper, right? Because yeah. we know that um, he knew who his betrayer was. He knew that Peter was going to be a betrayer. He yeah. knew that everybody was going to run from him. And instead of using all of his power and glory to come and just annihilate everybody, he bent down and he washed a pair, uh, a, a, a dozen pair, pair yeah. of dirty feet and then sat at the dinner table with dirty feet. And so that was kind of like, it's kind of like this process of seeing him giving himself, trying to um, uh, show God's power and God's majesty through his humble acts of mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's known his entire, I want to say, adult life or whatever that he's got to go through with this. And, and you can see his change in his demeanor as it His approaches right. closer and closer to Gethsemane. As he gets closer and closer to, to Gethsemane, he, he begins to change a little bit. And so now he must wrestle with the powers of darkness in that garden, and he must make that decision to say, even though my body and my human nature says no, I'm going to do what's right and not my will. Not my will, but thy will. Right. And I think it's incredible that we look at, because Gethsemane is actually another, it's just another view of the wilderness. When the devil was tempting him in the wilderness, what is he tempting him with? Save himself. Right. Save yourself. Save yourself. Because that's the issue in the great controversy, is, is God a selfish God 
or is he an altruistic, all-loving, sacrificial God? Mm -hmm. And that's been the issue all along. Right. And so it culminates here in Gethsemane. Right. Where Jesus makes the decision, no, God is a sacrificial God. I am God in human flesh, and I will sacrifice myself for this race who... And I will give myself up. I will give exactly. myself up. Exactly. And how do we know that, that that's what the issues are in the great controversy uh, between Jesus and, and Satan? Is if you look in the, especially in the book of Job, I mean, it's incredible what, what Job, what, what Satan has accused God of. Right in the beginning of the book of Job. Yeah. Now, now in reality, even the Job's a little bit later in the Bible, it's actually the first book written. Right. And so you have basically some of the first words of Scripture is there's a meeting in heaven, right? And Satan comes also, and he says that that planet down there is mine. And God says, not so fast. Have you considered my servant Job? And, and Satan says, no, no, they all, I go east and west. I go north and south. In other words, I go back and forth, and I, I go everywhere there. They all listen to me. That's my planet. And God says, no, no, no. Have you considered my servant Job? And the devil says, well, you give him goodies. That's the only reason he serves you. Take away the goodies. He doesn't love you. There's no love. You he, cannot. He only, he only loves you because you give him goodies. you hedge of protection and you yeah. provide all of the goodness yeah. in his life. So Take the, that all away. Yeah. So in front of the heavenly universe, the council there, the devil is accusing God of running his universe selfishly and bribing his subjects. And so God says what? Okay, I'm not going to harm him, take away everything that he has. And first the devil accuses Job and God, take away everything he has, he's going to curse you to your face. And God says, I'm not going to do that. That's your, your work, but don't lay a hand on him. Right? Mm -hmm. And so he does. And so you can see the battle behind the scenes in the book of Job, and it's fascinating. Right. And it's all over that same issue. Is God a sacrificial God, or is he a selfish God? And, and Or in other words, does God use his power to get his way, or does he, um, or is he someone that is trustworthy with all the power that he has? You know, and that's interesting that you said, because when you talked about him, Jesus kneeling down and washing a, double, a dozen pair of dirty feet, that's the power he has. Mm -hmm. And he tries really hard to get his way through that kind of power. Right. Because that's the only power he will use. Right. You know, he, 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 he coercion does not work in, in a... Coercion or force or anything. No, you cannot force love. That's called rape. You do. Not, you cannot do that. And so, this has been the accusations, and this is what, um, this is what I think really is happening in Gethsemane. You know, with a little bit of sanctified imagination, is is the devil's probably telling Jesus, "Look at you're you're going to die for a planet that doesn't love you." Or and not only that, but look at look at the nature of these human beings that yeah. you created supposedly in your image and how they treat one another. Well, your own disciple, and, you know, one of them's betrayed you already, right? And how they're going to treat you, your own creation. 
Yeah. Is it really worth it? And you can imagine the darkness that was there, that was, you know, as Jesus is sweating great drops of blood and going through this um, horrific event, and he goes back to his buddies there, and what? They're asleep, right? Right. And so how is he, you know? um, Well, and so so Jesus... um, with his disciples, they make their they slowly make their way to Gethsemane. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they're going there. So let's yeah, let's kind of follow a story here. And okay, and here. they they visited the spot often for prayer and meditation, but never with a heart so full of sorrow on this night, his last, I the night of his last agony. Throughout his life on earth, he had walked in the light of God's presence. When in conflict with men who were inspired by the very spirit of Satan, he could say he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone because I do those things that please him. That's John 8, 29. You know, and I was I was listening to uh, the Bible this morning. I can't remember what part, but it was after he had read the Scripture, and then they, they, they had got upset with him in the temple, and they had wanted to, to cast—they wanted to, to stone him and stuff, and— all of a sudden, he disappears into right. the crowd. Right. You know, he's always had that protection, but now he he knows, and and so he seems like it seems like he's shut out from God's presence. He's been um, betrayed into the hands of sinful men, and now he's numbered with the transgressors, if you will. He's got to bear the guilt of humanity, and it you know it's got to be dreadful. You know the weight that he's bearing has to be has to be crushing him and he's probably tempted that's going to fear he's probably tempted that it's going to shut him out from god forever right and so he begins to feel the the presence of god leaving him and he says my soul is exceeding sorrow sorrowful even unto death never before had the disciples seen jesus so sad and silent he proceeds in this strange sadness it deepens and near the entrance to the garden jesus leaves all but three disciples bidding them to pray for themselves and for him okay so with peter james and john he goes into the garden and it's peter james and john because they're the closest of his disciples um you know they were there at the mount of transfiguration um and they had seen Moses, Moses and Elijah talking with him. They'd heard the voice from heaven. And so now I'm sure in this great struggle, Jesus wants them near him. Right. And the and the the interesting thing is is Jesus doesn't want them to see the complete story of the agony that he's about to go That's through. That's interesting. And he says, Stay here and pray for you and pray for me. Yeah. You know, that our that our hearts aren't aren't overtaken. And um, he goes a distance from them, but he, they could still see him, and he falls prostrate on the ground. He felt that if by sin he was to be separated from, from his father, and the gulf was so broad, so black, so deep, that his spirit shuddered before it. And you can only imagine what the devil is telling him at this time, you know. And as we talked earlier, the, great, the big temptation was— that he couldn't use his divine power to escape or, you know, to, to save himself. That was also the last temptation, if you remember, when he was on the cross. Weren't they taunting him, pointing their fingers at him, and saying, he saved others, 
but can he save himself? Come down off that cross and save yourself. This has been the great controversy. Is God a sacrificial God, or is he a God willing to give his life for his creation? Right. So as a man— So what's, what, what's that saying, God loves— um, uh, what's the saying where um, I love you, I love myself so oh, much? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We we say I love myself so much that I'm willing to kill you to save myself. Right. God says I love you so much that I'm willing to die f- so that you might live. So I, w- I will kill you that I might live, or God, or God says I will die so that you might live. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so that's have, the juxtaposition so, of, of good and evil, right? Right. Yeah, and so you see that Jesus as a human being, he's got that that human he, nature that human battle nature that wants to protect itself and yet he's got to decide, am I going to go through with this thing? Right. You know, and it goes contrary. You know, there's it's one thing to be to be locked in a cell as horrific as that would be knowing that your doom is in so many days that you're going to uh, be executed. But it's another thing to voluntarily be feel yourself separated from God and the powers of darkness come in and ha- and have to make that decision I'm going to voluntarily give my life up and the power that I have knowingly with my yeah with all the powers that he had with his eyes wide open but being still like I say crushed with the guilt and everything that the devil could throw at him and whatever on earth it means to bear the sins of the entire world, whatever that means, however that took took place. Right. And 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 as Jesus is going through this, he feels like he's he's being separated from God and he fears that his human nature would be unable to endure the 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 conflict with the powers of darkness. And it's like you said, the same in the wilderness of temptation, the destiny of the human race had been at stake. Christ was a conqueror then. Now the tempter had come for one last struggle. So I'm 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 wondering because I don't know if you ever think about it, but I think about, you know, as as the things get stranger and stranger on this planet Am I going to be able to handle the temptations that come and the the things that are going to happen in the near future or far future, depending on what the devil throws at the people of God? You know what I'm saying? Right. Am I willing to, to give up my life in order to save someone else, or am I willing to right. forego you know, whatever it is in this lifetime so that someone else might live, right? Because right. that's what's going to happen. That's what those, it boils down to. Those and are it, the battles we're going to be yeah, really struggling with. Yeah, and in crunch time... It, it, Who's going to reign supreme? Who, how am I going to act? Right. Because I don't know. Is it going to be spiritual nature or carnal nature? Yeah, and I can't answer that. I don't know, you know, what my knee jerk is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, and so I, you can only imagine Jesus had to have these feelings, especially when he feels, you know, the, the powers of darkness throwing everything they possibly can at him. Right. You know, even though he, he he says, yeah, not my will, but your will, but he's still got to go through it and go to the cross as well. Right. He's still got a long road ahead of him after he makes that decision. Right. Even though the decision is made, so he's probably wondering, am I going to be able to handle this? Right. 
You know, this is going to be ugly. Am I going to, I've made the decision. Now I still have to go through with it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's one thing we set our, we set our feet towards a certain path. And I think as, as human beings, that's where the total trust in God comes in, you know? And it has, you know, sometimes we falter, but we have to daily, you know, recommit ourselves recommit ourselves stay connected to the vine like we talked about in the last program that even if the connection is just barely there stay connected to that vine that's our source of life right yeah um man program went fast it did Uh, this is a very important topic you know and we have to use a little bit of sanctified uh reasoning um but very important but we're gonna have to wrap it up folks So remember, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.